All right, so, hey guys, welcome to another episode of Instant Replay, your favorite sports podcast. I'm your host, Zoe Nekvi. This week in the podcast, we have a returning guest, Haris Kermani. What's going on, Haris? Uh, it's awesome, man. Great to be back. Thanks for having me. It's been an exciting, exciting time. None better than getting to see my boy, DeMar DeRozan, finally getting an NBA cover. Second what? Toronto athlete to ever have that after Carter and NBA Live 2004. How sick is that? I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know Vince Carter was also on the cover. Live 2004. And now DeMar DeRozan's on the cover of NBA 2K18. Yep. Just the Canadian edition, but Just hey, it's Just the Canadian sick. edition, Anyways. but still, I mean, for him, it's like a dream come true. I've seen so many quotes flying around recently when now it was just recently announced. It's a big deal. But let's talk about what we talked about on the podcast. So shout out to DeMar, but what did we talk about on this podcast? Speed round and seeing how the free agency is just blowing our mind and, over and over again. And now you're 100% sure that the Raptors are sticking together as well. Yes. That's the key. All right, guys. Hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. Harris lays out, literally, we go through virtually every single free agent signing that took place. And Harris mentions if it's a good fit or a bad fit. Enjoy the podcast. Bring it back. This one, this whole episode, Harris, what we're going to do is we're going to make this like a speed round. All right. Okay. We're going to go super fast because we want to hit up almost every free agent and where they ended up. Good fit, bad fit. But before we do that, there's obviously the two marquee players Hmm. that we know are now officially part of another team. They weren't free agents. One of them wasn't. But we didn't talk about it on the last podcast, and this is kind of like a part two to that podcast. All right. But the first free agent was Paul George. Right. Right. PG-13 got traded out of <laughs> nowhere. You messaged me at like 11 p.m. <laughs> saying, Thunder. And I was like, wait, what is he even saying? Like, I didn't even know at that point yeah. when you messaged me. And I was like, Thunder. And I'm like pausing. I'm like, did something happen? And I checked Real GM immediately. Mm. And there it is, the headline. And I was like blown away because... Okay, so there were rumors about where he would end up. Yep. Right? There's Cleveland. There's Houston. Mm-hmm. There was Lakers. There was Boston. Yep. Those are really the four candidates. Absolutely. That actually had a shot. And then out of nowhere, Oladipo and Sabonis are gone now. Yep. And now Russell Westbrook has a new small forward to play with. Yeah. He's got his... What do you think about that trade? I mean, it's an excellent trade as far as OKC is concerned. From the factor of that trade itself now the only thing that kind of keeps me from saying it's incredible is whether paul george decides to be more than just a rental over there because i more than others actually am quite high on oladipo as well as sabonis being young what there it's just if he's the one who stays on there and again like we kind of mentioned last time you know success can mean a lot of things so if okc makes a deep run that can make things interesting and if they get paul george for a longer period than one year then it's an excellent acquisition either way Lots of fun for them next year. It's looking you know what else team. is awesome? They'll have so much cap room to play with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they'll have so much cap room because Oladipo's contract was for, like, 80-plus million. I yeah. think he had, like, three more years or whatever it was. It was, like, 20 million per year, yep. pretty much. And so now that, that contract's gone. He's basically unloaded that contract. He's basically got unloaded contracts that 
I mean, this bonus contract obviously is a rookie contract, so exactly. you don't really have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, he's kind of cl- cleared the decks. He has all the cap space in the world. The- Victor Oladipo obviously was injured last season. Mm-hmm. Plus, he didn't perform to a level that we all thought when the trade was made for Serge Ibaka that he would. Mm-hmm. Um, though he is a good player. I'm not saying he's not a good player. But to me, this is kind of like them hitting the reset button. But at the same time saying, let's check this out. Let's ha- Let's see how this goes. With Paul George. Yeah. Because now they're definitely going to make the playoffs. Oh, that was never in doubt. That was never in doubt, but I mean, like, they might actually make it past the first round. Yeah, depending on Because I would say, I would say if they were just the same team again, they're exiting the first round again. Most probably. And now... If they had changed up a couple of things in their offense, I liked what they were doing in the second half of the season, staggering and running Oladipo more at the point. Yeah. But now, they pretty much just have, like, a Durant light situation kind of going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Let's see. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be fun to see. Okay, cool. So, so obviously that's that's the big move that happened that shocked the world across everywhere. Like mm. it was breaking news everywhere. The other news that just happened last night was Gordon Hayward announcing, then not announcing, <laughs> then announcing again, basically that he's going to Boston. To be fair, he never announced himself. He didn't. It no. leaked everywhere though. Yep. It leaked everywhere, right? Yeah. And so this isn't a surprise to you. At no, all? No. Like, As we were kind of mentioning, Boston has the assets to be able to make any any one of those moves. I think they were kind of hoping they would be more of a, uh, a player in the Paul George uh, sweepstakes to make it a complete coup and take them both. But one of those two were always going to Boston in my mind. So once right. they struck out on on George, I definitely saw Hayward going there at that point. Yeah, it's... it's yeah, to be quite honest, it, apparently what Danny Ainge was trying to do in Boston was he wanted both. Yeah. But he wanted Gordon Hayward before he wanted Paul George, which I thought it was so stupid. You can't do that. Like if there's being offers being made, yeah, you gotta you gotta get the best player immediately. Yeah, and I think and he let's kind- be real, Gordon Hayward or Paul George, who's better? As I've kind of mentioned it before, yes, Paul George is better, but I don't think that's like a uh, a world of difference between the two. I actually think Hayward is pretty much on the same tier. No, no. Oh my God. That's what I was waiting for because I knew your bottom line was going to end up being that. You saw my face. No problem. No way. No, no. Paul George is much better than Hayward. Hayward has finally had the breakout season after six years. Paul George has been good for a very long time. Hayward had also broken out the year before that. It's just more people are watching now because he finally got his deserved all-star vote. It was a 20-point scorer last season, too, before that. Yeah, well, he averaged 22-5 and five this season. Paul well, George also Utah's checks also, out. Utah's also the fourth least-watched or most least-televised market in the yeah, NBA. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what that works against them. That also contributes to it. 100%. But he did... So, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but did Gordon Hayward leave money on the table? So what ended up happening is because he didn't uh, end up making the All-NBA third team. He did, uh, but it was more the idea of... It him. wasn't the massive amount. Yeah, it wasn't a massive amount. I think uh, he could have gotten 150 uh, yeah. at Utah, and he ended up getting about 128. So Okay, that's not massive. To you, if someone offered you $22 million, Obviously, right? but we're not we're not talking about... Okay, uh, come on, man. I, I don't know, man. If I ever get... Like, John Wall is now thinking about... The Supermax deal, because mm. he was offered, obviously, yep. the Supermax, uh, 160-something million over mm-hmm. four years, which is ridiculous. Yep. So, look, that's $40 million a year. Uh-huh. And he, ha- he said he's not going to sign yet. 
I think, well, for him, he's also kind of looking at where the team is going because he can get the Supermax in a couple of places. And also, yeah. I believe if he waits, correct me if I'm wrong, if he waits another one or two years, he would have passed that 10-year mark in the NBA. Yeah. And then that would get them to pretty much get the largest contract you can get. In well, the I NBA. think John Wall is a free agent next year. Yeah. Yeah. So that's but he could that's take one of those like situations where he could take like a one-year deal. I'm going to throw this out there. He's waiting for LeBron James, where LeBron James is going to go. He's going to join him. So you might see John Wall, Paul George, LeBron James in the Lakers. You just want what? to see everyone with LeBron, eh? That's all, that's all we're getting here. I'm just you know they're going to create a super team. They're going to create... 2018 is going to be crazier than this year because it's going to result in the Warriors staying the Warriors, uh-huh. which we'll talk about. Who, they're free agents right mm-hmm. now. But it's going to result in everyone else piling up into another team to beat the Warriors. I feel like everyone hates the Warriors. I feel like NBA players hate the Warriors. What? I think they uh, are absolutely dead set on not allowing them to be a dynasty. Agreed. Yeah. I think at all costs, they're willing to give up the money. Let's just break these guys right now. Break them down. And I don't know if they can. But nonetheless, let's talk about the Warriors. Defending champs. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about them. Uh, What happened, man? I thought Iggy was going to (laughs) leave. See, you got to... You get meetings with about half the league, and then that just ends up boosting your value up. And I don't think Iggy was ever really going anywhere. It was just very, very intelligent posturing between him, his agent, and everything. And he ended up getting you know, 16 mil deal at his age. It was, it was great for the Warriors for keeping their culture, and you know, obviously great for Iggy. But it's huge for the Warriors. Yeah. I mean, it keeps their core—not only their core, but well, let's be real. That's they—he is their core because when Zaza goes off, he's the <laughs> one in. When they have that death lineup, yep, he's the one in. And so naturally, I mean, this is this was great for them. I was really hoping they wouldn't, hmm. and then they'd you know have to explore Rudy Gay. That was the rumor, or they'd have to explore like. Wait, explain to me how they also got Swaggy P. What? Well, that's the mid-level exception, right? 5.2 uh, million yeah, on that. but so. how do the rich keep getting richer? Everyone wants to join them. Why do you think people keep going on vet minimums and all this? The opportunity to win is huge. Yeah, but it's not only the opportunity to win. It's like, like you look at JaVale McGee. Yeah. Right? He came to the Warriors. <laughs> Suddenly, he's he's doing great. Yep. Right? Like, phenomenal, actually. He had a great career, uh, career season, probably, last year. And maybe the numbers don't say it, but, you know, like... Honestly, like his contribution looked mm. like it was their rim protection, yep. you know, hustle, all that stuff. Yep. Least amount on Shaq and Afu. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? That's exactly. improvement. That's exactly. a stat. Okay. But in terms <laughs> of in terms of Swaggy P now, who's also had like kind of a downward, uh, not necessarily downward career, but he's he hasn't done as well as you think he would. But now all he has to do is shoot threes. Yeah, and I think that's the perfect role for him. I mean, he had that in the Lakers. That's all he was it's doing. Unfair. And really, that's kind of... Yeah, it's the player he's always been, right? Just this massive shooter, not always the most efficient, but he had an absolute like renaissance of a year last year. And now he gets to do that with absolutely no pressure. So, yeah, totally. Amazing. I, I don't like this at all. <laughs> I don't like it at all, to be quite honest. It's just like as if they weren't beatable before. Now their bench just got better. So, like, you know, the argument was made when Kevin Durant came onto the team. Oh, no, they're, they don't have depth. They had depth last year. They signed back Sean Livingston as well, who we Mm -hmm. didn't mention, which Mm -hmm. we know is like the biggest asset to them off the bench along with uh, Andre Godala. But like they kept their core, plus they got more depth. Yeah, because they're probably going to lose Ian Clark this year. So they're like, okay, we need someone to replace that. And hey, they got an even better shooter in that. And then, uh, you know, a lot of these other... And the draft that they didn't have someone, they suddenly bought into the draft and got someone. Yeah, exactly. So just <sighs> rookie contracts, cheap uh, cheap guys coming on vet deals. And 
people who want to ring chase. Someone's got to beat them, man. Someone's got to beat them. For the sake of my health, someone's got to beat them. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's do this speed round that we're talking about. Um, so what we're going to do, Harris, just to recap, we're going to say the free agent's name, the destination they ended up, and you're going to tell us like in 10, 15 seconds, good fit, bad fit, maybe even one sentence. Sure. Why? Okay. Cool? Does yeah. that make sense? No problem. Okay, so let's get started. This is this is your favorite, and you can use more than 30, 15 <laughs> seconds, I guess. We know who your favorite player is here. Vince Carter, $8 million. A, uh, well, I guess it's a one-year deal to Sacramento. Yeah. Uh, he averaged eight points per game last year season. He's 40 years old, so what? that's respectable. Uh, what do you think? I think it's excellent. I mean, Vince Carter keeps getting the opportunity to mentor young kids going When's he going to retire? He's... Why should he retire? He's such a great contributor and a great locker room guy anywhere he goes now. Everyone loves him. He himself said he wants to play for another two, three years. Uh, We're probably going to see him at like a 10-day contract at the end of his career to retire his jersey with the Raptors. But until then, he just keeps just racking it up, being an amazing guy. And it's just... like I'm very happy for him that he keeps going. Okay, let's let's keep... Stick with the, the Kings here. They got three veterans. All three are great veterans, in my opinion. Yep. Vince Carter, which we talked about, Zach Randolph, Zebo, mm-hmm. and they got George Hill. Yeah. Okay, explain to me the other two. Explain great. to me even Sacramento's. You can just talk about it in general. Sacramento's offseason. Yeah. I'm, like I said, I think Sacramento's going the right way of finally you know, getting some respectability back to their franchise. Yeah. They have a lot of young talent who actually showed flashes last year. We talked mm-hmm. about Scalabus here. We talked about uh, Willie Cauley-Stein. These are really good And they good got De'Aaron young Fox now. Exactly. And De'Aaron Fox. And you have these perfect guys to come there and just uh, be the be the veteran presence that you need to help you develop into your career Absolutely. and also just know what to do as an NBA player. And they're winners. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like they've made the playoffs. They've gone to the playoffs. They've gone, all of them have gone deep into playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's impressive. Okay. Let's talk about Rudy Gay, sa- former Sacramento player. Yeah. Now officially part of the San Antonio Spurs. Mm, it's, it's a great coup for them. I mean, it's a situation where, again, you get another great scorer on the on the uh, Spurs over there to add to their wonderful offense. And then on top of that, you just have a guy who's never really been in a huge winning situation, and now he is. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, you think you think um, he's going to be able to adjust to the system? Because we know like players like LaMarcus Aldridge haven't been able to adjust to the system. What do you think about uh, Rudy Gay's chances of actually playing in Greg Pop's System. Yeah, and I actually think it's a system that suits him better. I don't think Rudy Gay himself has ever been the kind of player, or kind of he's understood that he's not been the player who's been the number one option each time. His best right. years were in Memphis as a kind of 1B, 1C kind totally. of option there. And, totally. and that's where I think he flourishes the most. So this is, I think, going back to exactly what he kind of wants to do. Okay. And it's going to be Because we know who the number one option is, right? On oh, yeah. San Antonio? Kawhi. The second best player in the world. Right. <clears throat> <clears throat> we'll see in a couple of years. Right? Oh, stop it. In a couple of years. Come on. That's father time. Father put time. Put LeBron in his prime and put Kawhi in his prime. Who do you take? Well, we haven't seen all of Kawhi in his prime yet. What? I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That was the argument before. Okay. Please tell me you know this guy because I've been watching his highlights reel this whole time. Milos. Teodosic. Teodosic. Yeah. I didn't even know how to pronounce his name. But I've been watching his passing and it is phenomenal. Apparently, he's the best point guard in, in the European League. Yeah. That's what I've been told. Ask Patrick um, Beverly. He thinks he's the best passer in the NBA. All of a sudden, because what? they're teammates, right? 
okay, explain to me, explain to me like this pickup by the Clippers. Yeah, I'm. I just as yourself, I've been seeing a little bit of uh, Theodos's highlights on there, and yeah, it just it comes across as a very prototypical, just flashy point guard. I think of like a combination of almost like Rubio and Young Jose in terms of just how he's able to kind of be a floor general, and he's 30 at this point, which I mean, that's kind of where you see like the tail peak of any point guard coming sure. in, and this seems like the perfect opportunity and for him to come. It's a two-year deal, and it's not expensive to be exactly. Honest. It's 12 million bucks. Exactly, and I think it's a team option even in the second year, so it's just, mm, hey, if, wow. it, if it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out, but I think it's just, hey, why not? Roll the dice. There's a lot of talented guys in Europe, and for a long time, Tiazosis has been called. Some of his highlights are ridiculous. Yeah, just, he doesn't have flash Behind passes. the back passes that he's not looking, it's unreal. Like, that court vision is unreal. Yeah, it's yeah. fun to watch. Okay, cool. Um, uh, this, this one might hurt you. Sorry, man. Patrick Patterson going to Oklahoma city. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it, but I know it might hurt you. Look it, at your face. It, it hurt me just because, you know, one, I've probably met Pat like four or five times at this oh, point with wow. bowling. He's just a super, super cool dude. And for the deal that OKC got him for, like, I think it's an incredible value. It's a bargain. It's a massive bargain. A year ago, everyone was like, Patterson's going to make 40, 50 million a year. And they got him for 16 and even though I can Over understand, three years exactly, they got him for five million a year, which is ridiculous. And you've got a guy who pretty much they gave away Sabonis and got a guy much better than him to kind of play the same role. Oklahoma got better, man. Yeah, a lot. Like they got Russell, they got Paul George, they got Patrick Patterson, they got Ennis Cantor, Steve Adams. Yeah, and Cantor uh, could very well be on the move these as are well. Solid players, man. Yeah. And then you got Doug McDermott to do the three. <laughs> that's all he can do. But you know, Luke like buckets. that's that's a that's. I think that's pretty impressive lineup in the West, even. Yeah, they could very well be uh, either a top four, top five seed, depending on how things roll out. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Gallinari going to the LA Clippers. I was a bit saddened by it. I, Why? The Clippers get rich. I like Gallinari. I don't like the yeah. Clippers, so it just ends up going there. But hey. He's injury prone. That's that's the only thing now that's against him. You have Blake Griffin injury prone. You have um, uh, Gallinari. Gallinari injury prone. Who, who else am I missing? I'm sure there's more people on the roster that are injury prone. I'm sure they'll find ways to get injured. Jamal Crawford old. Jamal Crawford's gone though. Oh yeah, he's gone though. That is. Where's he ending up? Because we know Atlanta doesn't want him. Right. He wanted to go to the Lakers, so he that wants was to go to the Cavs. But see, what he's saying is apparently like we're like really tight friends with Lonzo Ball. He wants to be a mentor to him. LeBron's and- reached out to him. That's a report just came out five minutes ago. What? Saying LeBron James has reached out to him. There's really strong mutual interest. The report Great. says. <laughs> so once LeBron is reaching out to someone, we reports. know. These reports are always true. We know that. Everyone has mutual interest. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. This signing is kind of makes sense to me. But at the same time, I'm glad that the Wizards didn't match it. It's Otto Porter getting signed by the New, Jer- uh, New Jersey Nets. The Brooklyn Nets. 106 million. Have they four announced years? they're not matching? Yeah, I, they. They actually said oh, they're no, not that's matching. That's a great no, question. Actually. They had said they were going to match anything that comes. No, up, you're absolutely right. Actually, matching. yeah, yeah, you're right. I messed that one up. Yeah, no, but are, do you think they're going to match? Oh, they are absolutely. That's what? lousy. I, I'm so. I don't glad like John the contract. Wall, but... I'm so glad John Wall is not going to resign because <laughs> you can't win with that team, and I don't think John Wall wants to compete unless he's going to win a chi- title. Like they could, like they're going to be a four or five seed every single year. But that doesn't mean that they're going to win the title, right? Like, with this, the three players that they're going to have signed to max, hmm. all right, super max on John Wall, super max on Bradley Beal, uh, potentially, well, max at least for yeah. Otto Porter, yeah. all right? You have three players here. Those three are not going to win a championship. I can tell you that right now. They're not going to beat Golden State. They're not going to beat Cleveland. 
But I guess, again, it goes back to what we were kind of mentioning earlier, right? Is if it's championship or bust or at the very... No, but I think for John Wall, in his opinion, it's championship or bust. Okay, and then well... At this point in his career, like he wants to win a championship. No, I think he's one of those players that thinks he's the best point guard in the league. That's fine. Right? Which I I admire about him. Yeah. Right? You got to have players that think that. And if they're willing to give up money, leave money on the table, then by all means. That's how super teams are formed. Okay, let's talk about... Oh, oh, let's talk about... Uh, Remember we talked about this recently, Ben McLemore? Mm. He found a home. Yeah. It's in Memphis. Yep. Tell me about that. Again, it's one of those under-the-radar pickups where I think McLemore is another one of those where, you know, it's like, Raptors, please. These are the kind of shooters you want on dirt contracts. But, yeah, it's just a situation where they know they're probably losing Tony Allen. They're obviously already lost Zebo. They are probably going to be giving away Gasol as well from other reports that are there. So they're also hitting that reset button with Mike Conley at the front over there and just kind of working their way through. So McLemore and other guys like that, Wade Selden, who they also signed for a couple of young guys who are just going to be big shooters for them. And, hey, let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. Let's talk about your new favorite player that I like, MCW, who got signed by the Hornets. How do you think about that? What do you think about that? Why are you nodding? You're just like, no, no. Uh, and I am not in any way a fan of MCW. It's just <sighs> the most overrated thing ever. I, I had this argument years back. I, I still have this argument with my brother that in five years from his rookie year, I thought he'd be out of the league. And he's what? already on his way there. It's just, he's just not a player that, in my opinion, fits in any way. He's, he's a bad shooter. He's a turnover prone guy. He doesn't really play make. Yeah, he's got length and he can be a decent defender. But he had that first year where he did really well. Great. Right? And so did Evan Turner. So did Spencer Hawes. Like all so these guys Tyreek on... Evans. Yeah. Okay. Well, on Philly though, we're talking... At least Tyreek Evans oh, had a respectable true. That's team. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's Philly true. was just this place of where every garbage player can that's go and true. get his stats. That's true. Thankfully, he's better now. Okay. Um, I want to do a couple of more players, obviously. Uh, Todd Gibson. Wolves. Yeah, hey, bring the party back together, eh? Yo, it's getting good. It's yeah. turning into the Bulls plus young assets. Pretty much. Apparently, like, Jimmy Butler was on it. Like, he was trying to get Taj back right as soon as the thing happened. And he was talking about how he's texting him daily to get it. And, good for him. Hey, I mean, whether it's an overpay or not for, you know, a 30, 31-year-old 30, now or 14 million, it's, yeah. he's a productive player. And, hey, Minnesota has their groove coming and team chemistry can't be bought. So, this is excellent. Jeff Teague. <laughs> Since we're on that team. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I'm happy because that meant Lowry stayed because that was the one potential spot. That was the one. Exactly. So that's a whole different thing. But I think it just seems like a situation where, as we were talking, they may just not like Rubio because they pretty much paid more for a guy who I don't think is necessarily better. I don't think he's better either. And I don't think you want him to take shots because there's so much. Like, Andrew Wiggins needs the ball. Carl Anthony needs the ball. Uh, Jimmy Butler needs the ball. I mean, at the end, Todd Gibson will do the cleanup. He doesn't need the ball, but he'll do the cleanup. But other than that, that's their starting five. Yep. And Jeff Teague is going to take shots. Yeah, so Rubio was, in my mind, I said, a perfect foil Ideal. for that. But, hey. I well, guess they just want some more three-point shooting. Though, I don't think Jeff Teague is that guy. Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap. That was going to be... Denver. 90 yeah. million, three years. Oh, yeah. That was the move that was always on there. And, I, honestly, I'm... I understand does Paul Atlanta. Millsap care about winning or does he care about the money? I think he is hurt by the fact that Atlanta didn't even make an offer to him. What? But wow. Yeah, exactly. It's just a weird thing. But hey, Atlanta's obviously looking to completely reset. I just think he's always liked Denver. He talks about it all the time. And hey, at this point, I think Denver is a playoff team at this now. And I mean, it's not like you're going to go with the Warriors and try to win something. So yeah, he gets to be in a situation where him and Jokic probably make the most exciting front court in the NBA right now. Who, who was the 8th seed in the West this year? Uh, it was... 
Portland? Portland. It was Portland. It was, it was Portland. Portland yes. Yeah, it was Portland in the first round. Okay. Yeah, I'm just wondering who gets knocked off. Basically, because Minnesota is going to creep in. Well, Clippers and... are probably out, right? Oh, you're right. Absolutely. You're totally right. So let's do both of these together. Amir Johnson and JJ Redick to the 76ers. Yeah. Uh, both on one-year contracts. By the way, the 76ers are going to be the team to watch this year. 100%. I will say them and Minnesota for me. Sure. Two but, best teams to watch. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. And like Reddick, all these things are one of those situations where they were just needing to get to a certain cap space and you get more veterans to just mentor your young guys. Reddick, also, I want to throw it out there. Joel Embiid is my next in line to be my next favorite player after what? LeBron James. Just because he's so funny. He's so funny. Yep, he wants to uh, screw LeVar Ball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly what he said about LeVar Ball. That's why I laughed uh, hysterically. And he's always been genuine, you know? So I appreciate that. Okay, so but I feel like JJ Redick is the right pickup in terms of three point shooting. I mean, maybe not veteran leadership, but Amir Johnson is that veteran leadership. Yep. Uh, Brian Colangelo obviously knows Amir Johnson from the Raptors days, so naturally this, there's a fit there. And the best part is they're one year contracts. Exactly. No big deal. Nothing. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. Uh, okay. For the last five minutes, let's strictly talk about the Toronto Raptors. And the re-signing of Serge Ibaka hmm. and the re-signing of Kyle Lowry. What would you like to say about those two re-signings, Harris? The floor is yours. First of all, Masai is truly the Messiah. We yeah. want to throw it out there. Incredible. I know people are getting into this uh, idea, first of all, of Kyle Lowry, of his $100 million contract and talking about whether it's overpaid or not. First of all, that's not what's important. What is important over here is that it's a three-year deal. What? Huge. It's massive. Huge. I don't even know how he pulled that off. Apparently, Lowry wanted that fourth, but hey, you know what? You squeeze more cap into it and get him in three years. That's the perfect. It's the perfect time as far as uh, the other veteran contracts are going to come. They're going to be going right at that time. It gives us the opportunity to keep nurturing our young core and having still greater playoff experience. It's just, look, I'm not going out there and saying the Raptors are winning the championship or anything like not. that. It's not about not. that. I'm not. But what I'm saying over here is that now you've got the situation where guys like Norman Powell, guys like DeLon Wright, guys like Pascal Siakam, Pirtle, these are guys who are going to get big minutes, big playoff experience under a winning team. And then once it gets to it, when those three years pass, and hey, these guys who have hopefully... Passed on past their, their prime. Exactly. Yep. Passed their prime, but passed on a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience over to these young guys. They're the ones who are then going to take over, and it's just a very natural transition. The timing is perfect. The P.J. Tucker loss hurt me, mm. and we offered him as well three years, even more money, $33 yeah, million. we didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that was that one hurt, and I think Masai— We offered him more money? Yeah, three years, $33 million is what we offered him, and he— decided to go against that and take a four-year 32 but i just think pj is like wants to win exactly he wants to compete now i totally respect that it's fine and he wants to go into a situation where i think he's just a hard-nosed guy wants to go fight over there in the west fine that hurt but we'll take it we'll be able to move on sorry, now wait pause he's sorry when i say he wants to win he's not going to win but he wants to be like able his to... his chances, how deep he's going to get into playoffs is going to be probably the same thing as the Raptors in the East. Fair enough. Right? But... Houston's not going further than whenever they get matched up against either the Spurs or whenever they get matched up against the uh, Golden State Warriors. Like, those two teams can stop them. If anything, like, I feel like there's other teams in the West that have gotten substantially better as well. Like, hmm. Minnesota's gotten better, though they don't have the playoff experience, which is probably going to be their Achilles heel. Hmm. But next year... They'd come back even stronger. Yeah. I think Minnesota is going to be doing one of the top three seeds 
maybe not next year, but the year after, I think slowly they're going to start getting that playoff experience. So the fact that he left us for winning, quote-unquote, I think we're going to make the playoffs as deep as Houston one way or another. Yeah. Again, it's it's a personal decision. I obviously am not going to say I agree with it. I'd love to have PJ back, but... Hey, best of uh, best of luck to him and everything he does. But right. going, hey, but I'm mean, going back to the Raptors over here with our young talent, and then now we're looking at okay, great, we've got our core back, but how is it that we can make ourselves better from a uh, bench perspective? I look at our shooting, which is probably still the main area where we need to totally. We remedy didn't address that. it at all. Yeah, and I mean, there's been talk about the in- Indiana deal with uh, you know CJ Miles being involved with Corey Joseph. I am totally on board with that. I would I'm love totally on board with that. I would love for that to happen. And I, I've been saying. As much I do like Corey Joseph, hmm. but as much as I like him, I think we can give that spot to Dillon Wright and happily give away Corey Joseph for something else. Yeah, and like the repping the six thing has gotten really old. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. agreed. Corey's good. He's a decent player. He's still a bad shooter. Yeah, and that's the biggest problem with Corey. Yeah, though. and he holds the ball too long. It's yeah. got, it's gotten really annoying to me at times when he starts running the offense and. You know yeah. what? You have that advantage of a wonderful contract with him. Use that as a sweetener. I'm hoping we can somehow attach either, you know, Damari Carroll or, you know, I don't want to give away JV, but yes, JV's probably on the block as well. But that's where they're looking. We've, we've argued about this in the past yes. about me wanting to give away JV and you yeah. not wanting to give away JV. Yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah, we've totally argued this. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, we can go back and forth on this all the time, but yeah, I like JV now in his, if we're going to have him in that bench role, I'm totally okay with that. Nope. Okay, go on. <laughs> but anyways, we can talk about that. But this is probably the best news you could have gotten as a Raptors fan. Kyle Lowry, $30 million a year, which is max. Mm. A lot of money. Mm. But the key here is that it's for the three years in his prime. Exactly. Perfect time. He'll be 34 at the end of the contract. You know what? That's the right time to potentially either cut ties or figure out as time goes on. But or retire his number. <laughs> you know what? Right? Am yeah. I right? I yeah. mean, we've had the best winning seasons with him, DeMar... Um, that's it, really? Like, I'd <laughs> probably say those two. And then all these guys that we got from the Sacramento deal in there. Anyway, it's been yeah. an amazing time for the Raptors the last couple of years. And, hey, you know what? We can talk about retiring. What about got... Serge Ibaka? We didn't talk about him. Yeah, um, it's the same kind of situation where I'm happy that we did resign him because I would have been unhappy if we had lost him for nothing. The real question here is, is he 28? I don't like that question. <laughs> I don't like that question. I'm just kidding. That, that tweet is enough. He's 28. 27, right? Is he? Is he? Yeah, 27, 27 on route to 28. Is yeah, something I mean. like that. Yeah. I, I, man, like, why does everyone <laughs> get into I this age know, thing? I don't know, I don't know. I know you don't like that. That's why I brought it up. Anyways, yeah. uh, but, you know, like, I, I think it's great. I mean, I think we've quantified how long we want to go with these guys because both those two are three years. And Damar is probably a, with, like, what does Damar have? Like, four years left on his contract? So we basically five year deal, five, right? yeah. yeah. So four years yeah, left four on this contract, exactly. So we basically quantified the window being three years, exactly. Right, with this same roster, we're gonna stick with it for th- the next three years. We're gonna try to see what we can do, what pieces we can add. If it doesn't work, great. We're gonna be making the playoffs the next three years. Yep. Worst right. case scenario is a couple of playoff exits, but you know what? That is in and of itself still incredibly valuable for what's to come, and that's where. I'm looking at Norman Powell, man. In these three years, we will finally, in my opinion, see just how good he is. I bullish on him. I'm, I'm as What's bullish as can be. What's his ceiling? What's his ceiling? What's his ceiling? I Compare think, me to a player. Like, Give me a player that you would use as an analogy to a ceiling. Like, sure is enough. he a Paul George? I'm thinking, that's a great ceiling. Is yeah, he a Gordon oh, Hayward? A, is he a Gordon Hayward? That's a good ceiling. Yeah. Um, A, a light Kawhi? What? Okay. 
Okay, this is where we need to end the podcast because no. we just compared Kawhi. No, Leonard. not comparing Kawhi. So here's where I'm oh, getting at. God. You've got it. You've got a guy who's already shown himself to be an absolutely incredible on-ball defender. Like his stats on on-ball defense are great. It's great at team defense. There are parts of his game that obviously still need to get worked on as far as offense is concerned. His finishing around the rim has you know parts where it gets off there. His three-point shooting is inconsistent. But what I like about Norman Powell a lot, first of all, is his passion, how he goes into it. He's never scared. That passion. His passion is important. That's the first thing you like about him? That is, I love what? it, man. It's oh, just God. I when I see Norman Powell on the floor... I get more Do you excited. commend Jalen Brown when he said, "LeBron, I'm not scared of LeBron James? Is that the same thing? Like, you know, to you, like, he's not scared of anyone. It's the same thing. Like, But it's not just words. I think words. that's stupid. No, no, no. You I... don't say that to the best player in the world. <laughs> what, you want to say, I'm scared of you instead? No. Just don't talk about it. Just I... don't talk about it. And that's what Norman does. Do you ever see Norman talking smack? No, he just plays. Yeah, that's fair. He just goes out and plays, and it's just... That's fair, that's fair. Yeah, it's just one of those things where he's out there just to improve his game. Look, whether it's Kawhi or not, his own. I think at the worst that we get, he's going to be Avery Bradley. That's like my that's your, baseline. That's your floor. That's and the baseline. Your ceiling is a light Kawhi. Exactly. A ceiling is, you know what, as far as you can take him. I just think this is the time for Norman to shine, especially because we're going to have to uh, worry about his contract in the next couple of years as well. And for us to think about whether we're going to keep him long term, which I really obviously want to, but other teams are already talking about potentially giving him deals like four year 70. And we really have to think about whether we want to match something like that. Well, we got to see how these, these next couple of years actually play out because with him, so you're way more bullish on him than compared to me. So uh, we'll have to see it. I'll when I see it, I'll believe it mm. because I, I truly don't see the upside. You see, I agree with you on the Avery Bradley point though. That's that's the upside scenario to me. That's the floor scenario. That's the man. floor scenario to you. Oh, well, we'll find out. On that note, thank you, Horace, for joining us again to talk more. This is kind of like a part two from the last episode because we've been talking off-season basketball for God knows how long for the last two, three episodes. But now, finally, we can wrap it up because majority of the free agents are gone. At least all the big names are gone. So uh, it's an exciting time to be an NBA fan. It's going to be an exciting season next year because so much has changed. Mm-hmm. No one's going to watch the Eastern Conference. Everyone's going to watch the Western Conference. Uh, let's see how it goes, man. And maybe we'll have you on, actually. Maybe we'll have you on to do like a preseason analysis sure. in terms of the rankings of where you see the Raptors landing in the playoffs and where you see like other teams like Houston. And you know those are the harder teams to pick, hmm. which are going to be first-timers. Yeah, right. let's see it. It's going to cool, be fun dude. to see. Cool, dude. We'll make it happen. All right, guys. Well, hope you, hopefully you guys enjoyed that podcast. Uh, Horace, again, has joined us. I think this is your third time. Third time, and uh, we had a great time chatting with him. He knows his basketball, obviously, and we uh, enjoyed the speed round this time around. All right, tune in next week, guys, for our next episode. Peace. Peace.